welfare of the people in particular has always been the alibi of tyrants. Albert Camus The Walking Dead, Season 3, Episode 10 Home What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. I'm Zachary Ballard, and with me today is Liz Golden. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Liz. Uh, I'm Liz Golden, and I'm uh, Zach's acting professor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I teach at UVU, but I'm also mm-hmm. a local actor and director. Yep. Uh, we did Much Ado About Nothing in the summer together. And R&J last summer. Yeah, yeah. We've, yeah, we've acted together a little bit. Uh, she taught me everything I need to know about Shakespeare, <laughs> so... Um. That's a lie. That's a big fat lie. Um, well, Jeremy had some part in it, but, um, <laughs> anyway, so what has your experience been with The Walking Dead? Okay, do you want my backstory with yeah, Walking Dead? Yeah, So Go I on. loved it when it first, when did it first air? Like, when did it um, first? Man, I want to say it was like... A long time ago. A long time ago. So, so I At watched it... At least like it, 13 years ago. Yeah, right? Mm. I watched it religiously when it first came out. Like, I was mm-hmm. so excited about it. And this was back in the day when you couldn't really binge stuff unless yeah. you, like, got it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Illegally. Illegally. Mm-hmm. Um... And I loved it. But then I have to say, like, after uh, after season three, like, halfway through season four, I just kind of lost my taste for it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't watch anything after that until the pandemic. And then I started over with uh, season one, episode one, and I binged the entire yeah. series in, like, three weeks. And I am ashamed to say Oh, wow. It. Um, so it's kind of fresh on my mind. Like, it's been, it's been about a year it's and a half. It's such a bingeable show, because, like... Because the episodes just so easily like flow into each other. Oh yeah, and it's, and it's so bingeable. Exactly, it's it's every single thing ends on a cliffhanger, and so mm-hmm. every single time I was like, well, I'll just see what happens the first fifteen or twenty minutes, and then you just end yeah, up yeah, like, yeah. spending your and, day yeah. watching zombies. <laughs> also, like I'm a huge I'm a huge horror movie fan in general, mm-hmm. but zombies are like probably my favorite genre. What's that of horror and monster? Because I think it's filled with metaphor, right? Yeah. I don't I don't really dig. Like uh, religious porn, I would call it like possessions and mm-hmm. Ouija boards because I don't buy it. Mm. Um, and uh, and monster movies are okay. There's some good ones out there, but but the horror stuff what about that I really movies? love. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so I love I love horror movies where it's human beings doing horrible things. Yeah, because that, that scares real. the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Can I swear on this? Yeah, okay, you can okay. swear on it. That scares the hell out of me, um, and it's not as easy for me to shake off. And I so there's that part of it. So and I also love post apocalyptic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think zombies allow for so much metaphor and allegory yeah. that that really creatively speaking it could be about zombies can represent anything you want it to represent yeah um so i think it can go in all different directions also i love the like the progression of zombie movies mm-hmm. and how they've really evolved yeah. yeah well there's so many like different kinds like whether or not the zombies are still alive or not you mm-hmm. know different different kinds of zombies for sure i i do agree like the the presence of zombies like isn't necessarily like a good antagonist for a long period of time, but it creates the antagonists uh, that humans face. Like, and it, there's so many like parallels after like doing this for three seasons. There's so many parallels of like real life and and how people act in like zombie life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe maybe that's why I stepped away for it, from it for such a long time because it felt like they had figured out the zombies. They had figured out how to keep themselves safe from zombies, mm-hmm. and then it like veered into. A little bit soap opera land for me. Yeah, I've changed my four, opinion of that. Season four and five are a little bit slower because that's that's when they really figure out like the zombies. That's mm-hmm. when like they're like, uh, and they have a few interactions with other humans, but it's not like very um, 
you know, it's only for a few episodes. It's not for like yeah. a whole season. You know, like when Negan comes along, and and that that I, I think that's when it sort of gets interesting. But is are spoilers okay? Yeah, we've already spoiled basically the whole thing. <laughs> I can't imagine that people are watching this unless they're, yeah, they're yeah. not like. Uh, yeah, so I actually, I thought, uh, well, you'll just have to have me back for season four because I thought. Okay. Uh, so maybe it's, no, it's season five. Negan season five? Negan is season seven. Oh, gosh. Season Se seven was a slog for me, I have to admit. I, And it, I know that you love him. And I, so let me finish. <laughs> You're just going to have to have uh -huh. me back because we'll yeah, talk yeah. about it another time. But um, it just was so dark. And when the incident with Glenn happens, mm -hmm. it, it just was so heavy. But the next season... When he's when he's the prisoner of the town, mm -hmm. I fell in love with Negan and the story of Negan and what he represented, and uh, you know all of this other moral dilemma. I stuff think I think about. that's why like you love that Negan because you saw how <sighs> and evil he was. Yeah, before, and then we right? finally get a backstory, right? Mm -hmm. Like that whole season where we first meet him, he's just a bad guy mm -hmm. who who did. I mean, the, the thing with Glenn, like it was really hard for me to recover. Mm -hmm. It was hard. It was yeah. just so horrific. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wish that maybe, I don't know, I, I'm happy the way it, it turned out. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, they, they had a hard time watching. Um, they thought that like Glenn's death would, went a little bit too far, but I, I loved it. Like, well, cause like you love Glenn, everyone loves Glenn. Like there's no, well, Alina was mad at Glenn last night when we were watching the episode. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I, but everyone loves Glenn and I think they needed to show like, oh, th this like, this is a different kind of show a little bit now. Like, we, we're getting into higher stakes at this moment. Yeah, and you know? Negan is unlike... I mean, he's way worse than the governor. Oh, yeah. He's way scarier The governor's a little baby boy yes. compared to Negan. And and I think that, you know, the fact that Glenn was just... We're, we're talking about the rounding episode, but... Yeah. The fact that Glenn was just, like, wiped from the earth in a mm -hmm. split second mm -hmm. in such well, a Well, it made way. you... It made the audience, like, real... And it made Rick realize, like, oh, <sighs> like... I've, we've been with Glenn since day one, and we thought Glenn had plot armor for days. Yes. And now he's just gone. Especially with the, like, fake-out mm -hmm. season finale that they did with Glenn's death. Yeah, well, they killed Abraham first, and you thought it was okay. And then Daryl punches Negan, and he's like, hey, I gotta kill another mm. one. Yeah, it's it's so good, because the, the show, and you see this in this episode, too, the show makes you feel, makes you think that you're safe all the time. Like, it, it really, like, puts you in the shoes of the characters. And, like, when the characters feel safe, you feel safe. Yeah. And then, and then it just it just switches on you immediately. Um, I mean, we saw that in the show. Like, we we saw a few scenes with the governor, and he's like, I'm not going to retaliate. It's fine. I'm okay. And then, um, and then you know, everything is fine at the farm except for Rick going crazy. Um, <laughs> and, and Glenn sort of on the warpath, you know. Uh, but, like, everything seems sort of peaceful. And then just all of a sudden Axel gets shot. And then oh, it yeah. immediately starts the firefight. And I, my heart was pumping because I'm like, is this the episode? And Alina had no idea. And I was like, I think this is the episode. And then he gets shot and Alina's like, it's such a good And I love that. I love when when um when they just like completely yeah. shift and all of a sudden it's not okay anymore. Because it, I remember watching that uh that moment because at that exact moment, he wins us over, right? Mm -hmm. He's joking with Carol. Carol has accepted him yeah. and likes him, and then he gets a bullet in mm -hmm. the face. And Carol could have, you know, developed a stronger relationship with him. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was so good. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Rick hallucinating Lori. And I I think hallucinations are fascinating. Um, because I mean I've never had any hallucinations. 
um, before, I don't know if you have, or if, like, you would want to, like, talk about it, but, like, in my opinion, I think, like, a lot of, a lot of modern media either portrays ghosts, like, real ghosts, or they don't. I feel like a lot of modern media doesn't really portray hallucinations that much. Yeah. And I enjoy, and, and it's sort of like, it's sort of like very Shakespearean how, um, mm -hmm. how Rick sees his dead wife over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And he listens on the phone and he hears, like, his dead friends. And, like, because when, in a Shakespeare tragedy, that's when the, that's, like, protagonists see their dead, uh, their dead loved ones or the, the dead people that they killed. Right. You know? And, and it's so Shakespearean and we don't see it a lot. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on seeing hallucinations and Rick seeing Laurie? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I hadn't really even considered it when I was, mm -hmm. when I was preparing for this. I, so I, I've never had any hallucinations that weren't aided by <laughs> Okay, that's fair. And, that's fair. And even then I never had like hallucinations where there was like somebody yeah. in the room or mm -hmm. that I saw something that wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so the truth is to have a hallucination of that degree that Rick yeah. was having, that's a total psychotic break. Yeah. Right? An auditory hallucination and a vis visual hallucination. Mm -hmm. and, and even I, a physical, like she like touches his yes, face and, and they start dancing. Yeah, 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 that's right. And he has like a physical He release. believes that she is there. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, like if, if we're going to ground this in reality and we're going to accept this as reality, then he was gone on mm. the brink which which is kind well, of what even mentions about. mentions like he's in crazy town right now yes so i'm the leader now yeah he yeah. was he was gone um and i did think it was interesting i also think it was interesting that it took so long that the hallucination was just him chasing her for so long mm -hmm. like she was so elusive mm -hmm. um and i thought it was good i thought it was really eerie and and interesting well we see we see her in the previous episode when he's deciding to let the other group in and then, and then we see her in this next episode, and then we hear her voice in previous episodes and other people's voices. So I just thought it was interesting because we don't see that a lot in modern media. Yeah. Either the ghost is real or there's no ghosts, you know? Yeah, that, now that you make that connection to some Shakespearean stuff and this idea that, you know, not only was he grieving her, but he was, he was holding so much guilt mm -hmm. about the way she left the world and the way he left the relationship mm -hmm. um, and, and how tortured he was by all of that and how unresolved it all was. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and I think it was kind of I need to I need to try to remember back, but it really is the only like supernatural element of the yeah. whole series, isn't it? Yeah. That this moment he like and he keeps the phone with him until Carl sees it. And mm, Carl's like, yeah. What the hell? Um, but like and so he talks to her on the phone a few times and then he sort of just decides to get rid of it. But like speaking of Rick, like I think Rick has gone off the deep end because he feels like there's like no purpose because he's talking to Herschel and he's like, what is this? Like, this has to mean something. This has to like mean, you know, like her death has to mean something or like me seeing her has to like mean something. And like he, Rick has lost full sense of like purpose. And then the minute he gets attacked, he's like shot back into like, okay, now I have a purpose. Now I have to defend for myself. Yeah. You know? I, I was, that's what I was thinking. So, so what I was thinking the whole time is that this episode is really about this, all these men. I, I want to say there are five men who are on they are facing the decision about what kind of man mm -hmm. and what kind of leader they're going to be. And I, I want to be careful about saying, like, what kind of man. Maybe I want to say what kind of person. But, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as the standard that society holds men to, as far as leadership and strength goes, I think that that's what these... And they're all in, in a different phase where they are on... They're on the verge where they have to decide. The next thing I do decides what kind of person I'm going to be, what kind of leader I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I, yeah, and I think that that moment when he sees... He's snapped into reality and the people that he loves that are actually here. And then we see, 
you know, we see who he is and his purpose, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really interesting that he lost his purpose. He had real strong purpose and then lost like it. Like it was finding it's... the prison, making sure the prison was safe. That was like his purpose. And like making sure Laurie and the baby were safe as well. Right. And then, and then he loses Laurie. There's all this, all these questions about the parentage of the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, people are dying left and right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then also just this like, cause I could talk about this all day too, this institutionalization of being in a prison. Mm-hmm. And the way that changes a human's yeah. brain, right? Oh, yeah. So he's in this existential, there's nothing now. And he's created this prison. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the metaphor, right? Like, he's chosen oh, this prison. Oh, that's so good. And then, and then, uh, but then the prison ends up being the thing that... Keeps them safe. And then almost nearly destroys them. Yeah. I mean, at the end of that episode, there is nowhere for them to go. There's nothing to do now. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. And it's this fortress he built. And I would say... I don't know if this is on your list of things to talk about, but politics is always so much on my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard recently somebody describe tyranny. A tyrant is a is a person who uses the state's resources to go after their own selfish, vengeful, mm. revengeful, um, delusional aims, right? Yeah. And yeah. and I feel like that's what Rick does. I think Rick really? just brings all of these people. He he sees a prison, and and. Yeah, that I mean, that episode when they find the prison and they find the prisoners in it, that was so opposite of the way that Rick has been handling outsiders. Yeah. You know, this like, no, we're going to lock you in here. I don't trust you anymore. I don't care that you've been here. I mean, how yeah. colonizing is that? That's true. How tyrannical is that? Mm-hmm. Well, in the, in, the, in the episode, at the end of season two, he says to the group that's still there, he's like, this is, this is a... Rictatorship, essentially, like mm-hmm. this isn't a democracy anymore. Yes. you're either gonna you're either gonna be with me or you're gonna leave. And the governor's doing the same thing. Wow, right? Yeah. And then the governor in that same episode has to make the decision, mm-hmm. right? And and Rick, somebody gets shot. He's pulled out of this hallucination, out of this, out of this, you know, crazy town with, with with Lori, mm-hmm. and then makes the decision to help defend the people that he loves, right? Yeah. Where the governor says, "No, screw it. I'm everything's going to burn because I have to kill this guy." Yeah. So, and then, <laughs> you really weren't prepared for this. Because Rick has created this tyrannical state, mm-hmm. he has left that tyrannical state to Glenn. Mm. And because of the way things are set up, Glenn now has to step into tyranny and yeah. go against everything that he knows and believes and the kind of person that he actually is because that's the way society is functioning. And so it, yeah. it turns Glenn into a tyrant. Because he, he, he just wants to go get revenge because that's just like... Oh my gosh, and I because, didn't think of it like Because that. of the way that, that, that Rick's selfish, self-centered behavior in that whole season, he's created this state, uh-huh. air quote, state of governing around him based on tyranny, revenge, hating the outsider, colonizing, uh, controlling. Mm-hmm. Glenn has to step into that leadership role. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Hey Liz, yeah. do you want to be my co-host? So then, so then we can talk about Daryl, right? So Daryl's yeah. out in the woods with mm-hmm. with Merle. 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 Yeah. And and Merle's like on that end of the spectrum. He's with the governor, except for not as smart, right? Yeah. He's just a broken person, and Daryl yeah. has a decision to make. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, of course, we see him. I love Daryl. He's well, like my yeah. favorite well, I character love, in the whole series. I love. I love their relationship because mm-hmm. I talked about this a little bit last episode but they both were beat by their dad they both came from horrible circumstances yeah. and they're both two completely different people Merle Merle is very self-serving Merle is very selfish he he's a dick to everyone he's racist he's homophobic mm-hmm. you know like he's he's just he's just a, a not a good person he's a bad person yeah. but then Daryl and and Daryl has to fight with his love for his brother 
and he loves his brother because he knows what his brother has gone through, but he's also, he's also decided to be a better person and to like, and like we see how he, how Daryl helps these people and doesn't expect anything in return, but Merle, Merle barely helps. Merle just sort of stands and watches his, mm -hmm. his baby brother do all the work. Mm -hmm. And then when it's safe, Merle decides to rob them. Mm -hmm. And Daryl's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and Merle's like, oh, well, we deserve it because we saved them. And Daryl's like, no, like, we, why can't we just help people just so that we can help people? Yep, yep, you yep. You know? And, like, they came from the same circumstance, but they became two completely different people. And that leads me to believe that, leads me to believe that like, who you are isn't like your circumstances, it's the choices after you, you go through That's things. exactly right. Because yeah. Merle even, Merle, Merle believes and is functioning under the belief system that there is no way back to society. Yeah. There's no way back to a civilized, there's no way to redemption. Mm -hmm. And Daryl chooses that the, the hard work of redemption is worth it mm -hmm. to, to align yourself with, with progress and goodness and safety. Right. But mm -hmm. Daryl or Merle rather, uh, doesn't see any chance for redemption. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, so I think, so I think there, and so then there's Daryl right on the brink of deciding mm -hmm. what kind of person am I, and am I, am I going to be? Mm -hmm. um, uh, oh gosh, there was one more that I wanted to talk about. Herschel. Oh, the, well, Herschel, but Herschel's always like, you know what I mean? He's so I, I think Herschel's, I think Herschel's so interesting because like he, he was like the big guy with the farm. He was going to kick them out eventually. Um, like he let them in, but like he, he wasn't really down for them until Shane like killed his entire Walker family in the barn. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I think, I think Herschel sort of realized like, Oh, I, I don't think I'm fit to like be a leader in this world. Um, which I think he is. I think he shows like leadership qualities still because he's still trying to like get Glenn, like he's still smart and he's still trying to get Glenn in a good place. But, um, I mean, yeah, Herschel's interesting. If we're going to compare it to politics, right? Herschel plays this role of, of historians and philosophers yeah. who, who are constantly trying to understand human nature mm -hmm. and, and the way history is shaped and then just trying to give their best mm -hmm. advice to the leaders, right? And this idea that, that, that the older generation steps aside and, and the newer generation yeah. comes in. Um, you know who I was going to mention, though, and I, and I don't remember his name, but the governor's lackey. Martinez? Yeah. Yeah, like the scientist lackey. Oh, no. Um... I can't remember his name either, but I know what you're talking about. Because I think that that's the episode where he's, not the episode, but but he's also going through this, what kind of person am I going to be? Mm -hmm. How, what kind of society am I trying to build mm -hmm. and create? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dang. Good stuff. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about, let's talk about Glenn a little bit. Okay. I want to, I want to dive deep into Glenn's, what Glenn's going through because, and, and especially what Maggie's going through. Because mm. Glenn, in, in his brain, He's like, okay, this man sexually assaulted my wife and I am going to murder him. Like, I need to go and, and kill him to, to, in order to help my wife. But he, he's not doing anything to actually help his wife. Yeah, because I, cause I don't not know. There for, he's not there for his wife. I, you know? Yeah, because I, I think that the motivations are much different than what you've just described. Okay, so what I mean by that is... I think you're describing a man who wants to take care of his wife. Mm -hmm. and, and what I see is a man who, who, uh, who sees his possession being mm. taken. That's what Marta said, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what Marta said. 
And, and he is motivated. And that conversation right at the end where, where, where he says, did you, and she says, did he rape me? No, he didn't rape me. And this idea of like, this was a thing that was mine. Mm-hmm. And this other man tried to take this thing that was mine and that was motivating him. And, and it's in that moment when he realizes where Maggie realizes that's where his, his actions realign with his moral compass. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to me because I, I understand the anger that he is, he is going through. And, and Alina said the same thing to me last <laughs> night. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like a difference in, because if you... in perspective and like, and I do agree, Glenn, Glenn really should have, should have, um, been there for Maggie. Number one, he shouldn't have like tried to like, you know, go on the revenge war path for Maggie or for himself. Cause I think revenge is usually for yourself. But I also understand yes. why he's so pissed off. Yes, yes. And it's just it's just that he's wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> because if it was really about Maggie, if it was centered on what Maggie needed, mm-hmm. he would have crawled into bed with her and held her and made her feel safe and comfortable and 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 remind her how much she's loved be outside of her body. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? And instead he needed to defend his territory which is what these other two men are doing, right? Mm-hmm. The governor and Rick are both defending territory. And uh, that was self-centered. That, that was Glenn revenging Glenn. Mm-hmm. But I think, that he, I think that he wises up and he makes that change there. Yeah. Well, he could, he could have decided to go uh, chase the governor when he saw the governor drive by, but he decided to go save his father-in-law mm-hmm. um, in the field. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just think it's interesting because, like, like... I didn't, I didn't see it as, I, at first I didn't see it as being, as Glenn being self-serving. I saw it as like, like, I mean, not, not that like, cause I don't, I don't see Alina as my property and I never have and I never will. Um, but in my brain, it's sort of like a, Glenn only knows how to act on his anger. And that, that's honestly like how men are raised. Like men are raised to act on their anger and to be compassionate, like way in the back of the bus. Like, yeah. Like he's supposed to act on his anger and, and do what he needs to do. And I also think like Glenn feels like he failed as a man because he wasn't able to protect her, but she did, she, she allowed the governor to do what the governor did to protect Glenn as well. Mm -hmm. And Glenn didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. And man, it's such a tricky, like bad situation that they're in. And, and I agree. I think Glenn, Glenn should have, um, been there for Maggie as, as number one priority. Yeah, and can I suggest that this is also a symptom of Glenn having to step into yeah. a tyrannical leadership mm-hmm. position? Yeah. Because because I don't think that, that that's how Glenn acts out usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't really seen Glenn hunger and crave violence or mm-hmm. you know, he's he's always been about protecting the group and and his softness is what is what draws Maggie to him and it's also kind of what keeps him safe in the group, right? Like mm-hmm. Rick can trust him and there's this there's this softer side that Rick can kind of rely on to keep his own conscience in check before that season. Um, but here's this situation where they're they're imprisoned and mm-hmm. institutionalized and and all of these men, I mean that's another thing that I'd like to talk about is mm-hmm. what all these women are doing while the men are just like, let's find ways to kill each other. What mm-hmm. are the women doing? Carol's working. This, I they're just taking care of the baby. Yeah, they're taking care of the baby. They're taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. They're making sure people are still fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also taking up arms and fighting, mm-hmm. right? And the men are just like wandering the fields with guns. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, I think it's really interesting. And I do think it's one of those things that I would love to sit down with the writers because 
I do think there are so many displays of toxic masculinity, what I would describe as toxic masculinity. Um, but is that, is that an oversight or is that on purpose? Yeah. Are we supposed to judge? Because it was question? like 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was written like so many years ago. So I'm, yeah. I mean, the whole and fight over the comics, Even the comics was like written like in the 90s. Yeah. You know, um, early 2000s. Yeah. So like, I, did, I don't even know if like Laurie, Laurie passes the Bechdel test for like the first two seasons. The only conversations she has are be- are about they do. who there's, she belongs um, to. There's the scene where the women are, are um, there's a scene where the women are um, washing laundry and they're talking about uh, what they miss. Yeah. So that passes Yes, the okay. Test. You're right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. You're absolutely right. Yep. But I do think... But, but most of it, most of it doesn't. Most of it is about, is about Rick and Shane and Lori. Yeah. Oh, I remember. We haven't even talked about Carl yet. Yeah. And what Carl's, Carl's doing. Carl's like, he had to grow up so fast, so quickly, and he pays the bills now. Like, Carl, Carl, yeah. yeah. And we kind of saw him go through what Rick is going through. This, like, what kind of what kind of person am I, am I going to be? Yeah, and, like, Carl has gone through, like, probably the same trauma. Like, he, he had to shoot his mom in the head, and he watched, like, he was there watching his mom give birth and die. Mm-hmm. And, and yet Carl has decided, I'm not going to go crazy like my dad. Like, I need to be stronger than that. Yeah. And is there a balance to be had? Yeah. Is there, is there, because if you, if you don't monopolize violence, somebody else will, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. some, some, somebody will fill in somebody, it creates a vacuum for violence and mm-hmm. somebody will step in. So there has to be this level of, you know, we'll be the ones with the bigger guns. Yeah. Yeah. Carl's an interesting. Yeah. I love Carl. Carl's great. We call him Coral. Coral. <laughs> um, is this your favorite show in the world? Yes. It really is. Your yes, very is. favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, because there's so much to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. I want to talk about Andrea. We haven't talked about Andrea okay. yet. Um, I, and like the governor just keeps manipulating her and keeps like twisting mm-hmm. her around because like he says to her, he's like, I'm not going to go retaliate on and them. she buys it. And she buys it. And like, she's worried about her friends in the prison. Is she? <laughs> she had a choice. And That's she true. Chose... Well, I I think because the governor gives her what she wants. I don't know if you can tell, but I, I'm, Andrea annoys me. A I, I don't like Andrea yeah, either. Yeah, I have some mistakes. Um, and I don't know if I don't like the character, like the way she's written. Yeah. Or if or and is it supposed to be that way? Am I supposed to be annoyed by her all the time? I I don't know. Like because she was annoying when she was with the group, and she's annoying when she's not with the group. Yeah. You know, I think her personality is like she she has like this this like persecution complex in the and when she was with the group about like how, like, no one trusted her, and she just wanted to carry a gun and be a badass and, like, and like do everything that the men were doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And which she could, but she didn't want to, like, really train, you know? She trains a little bit with Shane, uh, but, like, she didn't really want to, like, know how to handle a gun properly, because she almost shot Daryl in the head, Well, yes, you know? and she, but she also never wanted to make herself vulnerable to anybody. No. And I think that that's how those bonds were made, mm-hmm. right? Uh, also, no, well, like Dale, Dale kept trying to like be emotional with her, mm-hmm. try to help her, and she just shut him down all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then she does, and then honestly, like, how do you let Michonne go? <laughs> I mean, well, I just mean like, <laughs> I mean, uh, a, a woman like Michonne walks into your life, and how do you not? And I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm way over here on the cis head end of the spectrum, but, uh-huh. but you don't let a woman like Michonne walk out of your life. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so, when she did that, I was like, oh, she's she is foolish. 
Uh-huh. And, and, well, and here's I mean, the thing. I mean, a guy walks in with a eye patch and you don't see right through that, that he's actually a bad guy. <laughs> like, well, he didn't have the eye patch at where's first. Where's her bad guy? He didn't have the That's eye patch true. That's true. That's true. At first. So here's, here's my thing. The governor is telling her everything she wants to hear, yeah. even if it's not true, right? And I'll, I'll defend Andrea a little bit, even though she's annoying. Um, like, the govern- like, the governor is telling her, like, he even gave her, like, a leadership position, which she never would have gotten mm, over at the other group, because they didn't true. trust her. And, and he, he's like, yeah, they need you. Like, you gave that awesome speech. They need you. I, I need some time for myself. You know, I gotta self-reflect and meditate. Mm-hmm. That's what the governor tells her. Mm-hmm. And you need to be the leader now. And he's, he, and whenever she would, like, ask for, like, hey, can I be on the wall? He's like, yeah, you can be on the wall, but you get this bow and arrow. Like, it's okay. Like, he's giving her everything she wants, but not really. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, to and steer he's using, her in he's a using, He's using cult mind control tactics to do it. Yes. And that's how he keeps his, like, people in line. Like, he is, he's first off saying, like, there's nowhere else to go without me. I'm the only one for you. He, he's using fear. He's like, he's like, you could go out there, and, but you'll probably die. Um, and then he, and then he's like calling this, he's calling the outsiders terrorists and bad people and you shouldn't trust them. They're, they're in a prison, they're prisoners, you know, like, and he's using all these mind control tactics, even though Andrea knows who these people are because the governor is like, has like praised her and given her everything she wants. And she's, she's always wanted to like go back to the life before. And he gives her that. Mm-hmm. And and so she she is literally being mind control into the cult of the governor. Yeah. I it's so hard for me not to see this as like one to one allegory for and this is my politics like on total display here. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, to me it's like one to one allegory for uh, right wing extremism. Yeah. Because the promise that the carrot on the end of the stri- uh, on the end of the stick is the way things used to be. Yeah. Right? So we've got this main street community, Main yeah. Street centered community where there's, uh, you know, safety and that's why a lot of flowers. Republicans live in small towns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And there's, and we're going to recreate, you know, we've got a chance now to recreate government. So we're going to do it the way it should have been done, which is top down. You know, I'm kind of the That's another king cool of thing things. is, is top down, not, uh, not a collaboration of leaders. Yes. It's a pyramid. You know, so I, this just came to me now and maybe I'll defend Andrea a little bit too, that, that she has now come in. She's got some knowledge of the outside world and some savvy that that keeps her just this side of buying it, right? Yeah. Like, like she knows she's seen too much to really believe that they're totally safe, or that or that danger, tyranny, and violence is actually going to protect them. She's yeah. seen she knows too much, which is why she never quite buys into it. So maybe I'll give her that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, she she does definitely question the governor, especially after that last episode where he he like she saw his ugly side for sure. But, but even then, like people still stay in cults when they see the ugly side of their leader. Well, yeah, because I've been, I've been reading combating cult mind control by Steve Hassan. Uh, cause I got, <laughs> are you deconstructing cult mind But, and I've been, and, and like he, he's saying, he's telling us all these stories in this book about these awful things that the cult leaders are doing. Uh, he was, he was a survivor of the Moonies. Oh. Um, uh, he, this Korean guy, have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unification church. Yeah. Um, and like, he was like right hand man to the, to moon and moon would like, would like praise people and then like berate them. 
Mm-hmm. And, and like, he saw so many horrible things that Moon would do, but, but he was so mind-controlled that, like, he, um, that, like, he was like, okay, well, the ends justify the means mm-hmm. for this cause that the group has, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, what were you going to well, say? Well, just, the, just, I mean, I'm just reiterating what you've already said, that the governor's, I mean, that's the way the occult works, right? Is they set up a system where you now have to go to them for safety, nutrition, mm-hmm. um, um, even your relationship status is chosen to a certain degree, right? Mm-hmm. So, so everything slowly becomes, um, oh man, I, I'm so embarrassed. I don't remember this term, but it's this idea that it's like you can only go to the organization itself for the answers to anything. You yeah. can't, you can't seek outside. It's a. I can't. I can't remember the term either. You know what I'm talking but, about. Yeah, though. yeah. Yeah. So this. Well, they they isolate you. Yeah. Like, well, so by the time mm-hmm. she's like, no, I want to get out. Mm-hmm. Now she's got no possessions. Uh, her safety really is in jeopardy. Where will mm-hmm. she get her next meal? Who, yeah. who, if she if she escapes, then who turns against her? Who mm-hmm. does she become the enemy of? Well, they have you rely on them so much that you feel like you can't mm-hmm. leave. But it's but it's so slow, right? There's mm-hmm. this like comfort in okay, I'll, I'll let you be in charge of my safety. I'll mm-hmm. let you be in charge of, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's I just when yeah. when was this season season written? Um, let me look it up. I want to say it's like, like post-Bush Iraq war or maybe because that would have been what like 2004 or 5 um 2012 okay I'm trying to remember what was going on that was 10 uh, years ago that was 2012 um Obama was just reelected. Yeah, yeah 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 so we're like, I mean, we're still kind of in Iraq. I don't know what. Yeah, we were up to our eyeballs in Afghanistan. Yeah, and and they're and drone fighting and and this yeah. use of like we have to be afraid of the terrorists and giving mm-hmm. up personal freedom. This is me sounding like a libertarian, and I'm really not. <laughs> but but this idea of like we're giving up personal freedoms for the sake of mm-hmm. well of safety and yeah, well, like when so that's that's interesting that you bring that up because like like. You, there are people out there that say like getting vaccinated and wearing a mask is sacrificing personal freedom mm-hmm. for safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when, when does it get too far? Yeah. And when does that doctrine get twisted and used against us? Yes, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and things like vaccines, um, being villainized mm-hmm. and, and equated to, um, you know, my right to an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> or equated mm-hmm. to my right to an education mm-hmm. or my right to be hired, not based on my skin color or my gender. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it gets it, And that's cult mind control too, mm-hmm. right? To make well, these comparisons and make you believe that it's the same thing when it's clearly not. Yeah. Well, like the, the government doesn't really retaliate against cults because the government's a cult. Like the government, like literally like mind controls everyone, whether no matter what like side you're on, like mm-hmm. they appeal to you. Uh, so that they can get your vote, so they can get into power, and they tell you everything that yeah. you want to hear. It, just like this this huge cult that I also belong to and have had to do a lot of deconstruction on, mm-hmm. this idea of we're not a cult, just ask us. Just read our material. Mm-hmm. Just just come to our meetings and hear about how we're not a cult. Don't Google us. Don't, <laughs> don't go a few more links down from mm-hmm. our stuff. Mm-hmm. Only read our stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe... And you can do as you choose, it's just that you're... Your salvation is dependent. Yeah, on and your family's choose. salvation, your loved one's salvation, is dependent on mm-hmm. your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can choose whatever you want, yeah. but you know, 
Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and that's but, exactly what the governor does to Andrea. And I mean, going back to this, like, isn't that the system Rick was mm-hmm. kind of setting up? Yeah, I, I think so. I think... Because he brings that group in and he's like, give me your guns. I think the only thing it's missing is Rick is, is not deceitful about it. Yes. It's yeah, a, that's it's what a mean, very it's honest, like, like, okay, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. If you're here, you're here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, and I do the governor that, is deceitful about it. And Rick has a moral compass. And this is really interesting about this show too that I really like is, is this idea of um, these kinds of people like Negan, like the governor, was this always in them? Or yeah. were they created? Yeah. Right? Is there an essential mm-hmm. Negan that that was always in a different universe going yeah. to be that horrific of a human being? And is there an essential Rick that's always going to be drawn back to the essence of being a good guy, the guy in the white mm-hmm. hat, the one who cares about people, one the of one the good self-sacrificing? Cops. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's interesting to me. That that this, and that's I think that's why I like post-apocalyptic uh, post-apocalyptic stuff. Is it's like uh, now we get to see who you really are, mm-hmm. and without without rule of law. Are you, are you, do you become a person that rapes and loots and yeah. takes up arms or do you die quickly or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so good. I it's just so love good. the show so much. Well, and then the, the choices that you have to make pushing you into, mm-hmm. like just the, just the need to survive and get to the next sunrise, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I've talked about everything except for I, what you were prepared to talk about. I think I have talked about <laughs> everything too. Okay. Uh, does your life, does your wife like the show as much as you do? Uh, she, um, she didn't want to watch it before. And then I was like, okay, um, if I start this podcast, then you need to watch the episodes with me. And now she's hooked. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the gore. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you I do. mean, I watch through my fingers <laughs> she, most of the time. She, she, there are some moments like when, um, when Daryl bashed the walker's head in the, in the back of the sedan. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> but I was thinking like, like the car backs over it and they put that disgusting sound in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, car yeah. backs over a head. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah, I always like that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I don't have like, I don't get queasy. I like it the way I like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, last thing I want to talk about okay. was, did, I love, I love how the governor, when he's like shooting up the prison and he almost gets shot, like three bullets and he just like sort of moves to the side. He doesn't care. Yes, He that's literally what, doesn't care anymore. That's what made me wonder. And I just wondered it just now when you were talking about it, that he's setting, he's setting Andrea up to become the leader because is he, does he know he's on a suicide mission? Does he I, know? I don't. I think he and lost maybe everything. Want? In his mind, he lost everything. Like he lost his zombie daughter, um, and he he lost his wife a while back. And like, I think in his head, he's like, and and I mean, I mean, Rick hasn't lost his kids, but he lost his wife. Yeah. So they're both sort of in the same yeah. situation. And same thing with Daryl and Merle. They have to decide what kind of men they're going to be. Um, yeah. And based off of their trauma, there's nothing more dangerous than a person who has nothing left to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like this idea of of a. Uh, well, so nothing left to lose, but also this like God complex mm-hmm. where I can just stand in this rain of bullets, but I know I'm not going to get hit. Yeah. So I'll just, you know. But the, how does he, he doesn't know the... that he's not, not going to get hit. I think, I think he just like. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. It's okay if he dies doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And Rick mm-hmm. wants to live. And that and Glenn wasn't. Glenn wants to live. I don't think that was a mission to take over the prison. That was a mission to screw with them. That was a mission to screw them up. Oh, yeah. Because they just, they, they drove the car, they shot them up a little bit. Killed Axel, drove the car in there, um, let the walkers in the prison, and then drove away. Yeah. And then wasted ammunition. Just just today I was listening to some news and some commentary that uh, that that Putin is changing his strategy from direct combat to just making these people starve and freeze to death this winter. Mm. 
So this mm-hmm. like I'll just I'll just go in and mess things up, mess up infrastructure so much, and then I don't even have to stand here and watch you die. Yeah, maybe there's some pleasure in knowing I that mean, you're starving to death. Ukraine has been kicking ass though. They've been kicking ass, and I don't think they're gonna starve or freeze to death because like. Well, I mean, we well, hope would not. They, I mean, we don't. I mean, well, I don't think I mean, that they will either. But I think that that's what I. I that's feel like the UN has, has been left, helping right? them out a lot. Well, people will people will freeze to death and starve to death, yes, but not the entire sure. Ukrainian no. nation. No, I believe that. Uh, but anyway, this, this like going back to tyranny and and, well, and he's the man. I thought we were done. Like, I thought we were done with tyranny and trying to conquer countries and stuff. But apparently, we're not. No. Apparently, like we're still and the thing that's going on in Iran, like we're still. No, I mean there's still revolutions happening and going on and. This is a different podcast, but as long as as long as our whole world runs on fossil fuels, yep. and and capitalism, where we have to make more money this year than we did last year, there will and when uh, there will always be somebody who's willing to be the most violent mm-hmm. to get that to have that power and control. Yeah. Uh, so buy a cabin it, in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, Jerem and I have been talking about uh, just owning a compound where we can just go and. Yes, and that's how a cult off. starts. That, <laughs> that's how it starts. No, but we won't, like, there won't be one leader. Like, uh, we'll that's all, what they we'll all, all say, be. Zach. That's what they all say. <laughs> Except I would kind of join, like, your and Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That time. Um, <laughs> as long as I can have a position of authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can be a part of, like, like the, the you know, I'll be the leader, and then <laughs> yes. you can be, like, a part of the inner circle. I you mean, know? the decision has to stop somewhere, right? Yeah. Somebody has to say yeah, no. Yeah, some, somebody has true. to talk to God. <laughs> And and know like what decisions to and make. And hold the like, key to the gun cabinet like, and <laughs> like someone someone has to be there to to you know, sit down, have a beer with God and, and he tells you everything that, that needs to happen. And it's just a coincidence that your own personal vendettas line mm-hmm. up with the of Yeah, God's you know, because I'm on God's team. <laughs> Me and God align 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah, that's you a know? You just described your <laughs> Yeah, you know. Um, anyway, I think, I think I talked about everything I want to talk about. Okay. All right, cool. Well, thank you for being yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You waited too long to ask me. I've been begging you to be on this podcast since I found out you had it. <laughs> you only asked me once, but okay. Okay. <laughs> um, in my mind, in my mind. All right, we will be back after a short musical interlude with a moral dilemma. Here's your moral dilemma. Right. Okay. So, a loved one has been brutally beat up in front of you. And you have the opportunity to either help your loved one, or you have the opportunity to exact revenge on the person that beat up your loved one. What do you do? Uh, well, I mean, I want to say just off the cuff that I would help my loved one, right? Mm-hmm. Do, you mean, do you mean, like, I can save their life or I could destroy this person? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And and that and I want to admit to you that it's not because uh it's not because I have like a good heart or something. <laughs> I really <laughs> honestly and this might sound so cold to you, but I honestly uh-huh. believe that we are that we are controlled by our desire to pass genes on. Hmm. If my if my loved one dies, how am I ever going to have grandbabies? 
Dad. I don't know. Does that make sense? Uh, Liz's I mean, daughter seems... is in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of seems like a no-brainer, right? Uh-huh. And, and I don't know. Like, And I wonder if you feel the same way. And I wonder if it's a gendered thing. And I when too. I say gendered, I don't mean essence. I mean that I was raised as a woman. I see myself yeah. as a woman. I experience life as a woman. Yeah. Um, and, and identify as a woman. And, and I... And part of that, and it's something I've come to accept at this point, part of that is that I uh, am a mother, I am a caretaker, whether mm-hmm. it's in my essence or if I, or it was handed to me, it's where I feel the most comfortable and honest. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the direction I would go. And when you say take care of them, I mean, I mean, I feel like we're talking about Glenn and Maggie here, right? So this like, to take care of them, like scoop them up and help them recover and 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 find wholeness again? Or do you mean like actually saving their life? I, I think, I mean, a little bit of both, like, obviously they'll find wholeness again if you save their life. So, I mean, like, they're, they're brutally beaten up to the point of, like, dying, yeah. essentially. And you have the opportunity to exact revenge or, or help your loved one. And I think that's sort of what, like, Glenn, Glenn, um, you know, that's sort of, like, the war path that he's on is he decided the latter, like, not to help Maggie. But I, I want to go back on your, um your um comment about like how people are raised and how like different genders are raised in the society is i remember jeremy um in one class uh here he said um he said that whenever i watch monologues um and it's a dramatic monologue men usually tend to get more angry and women tend to get more sad and you watch monologues all day every day is yeah. that is that correct is yeah that it absolutely is. Yeah, in yeah. fact in fact one of the things i work with uh with actresses actors who identify as women is that a monologue where that when we're working it right we're trying to find it mm-hmm. a monologue where there needs to be um anger outburst uh uh control dominance almost always turns into tears and i really honestly believe that that's conditioned mm-hmm. that it's more acceptable and we're more likely to get what we want and need mm-hmm. if we cry than if we scream and yell and shout and and uh appear powerful and men it's the opposite mm-hmm. men they're conditioned to believe uh if you're if you're raised as a man they're conditioned to believe like crying like crying isn't okay you get what you want Crying's by standing your ground it's by yeah by weak. like standing your ground and and fighting for it and and getting mad and mm-hmm. getting angry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like you and in my opinion you could do you could do different things with the monologue like with your emotional climax in it like you like but it's just it's just something that that the two um different groups of people tend to lean more towards, you know, like in an emotional climax of a monologue, like it doesn't say you need to yell here. It doesn't say you need to get angry here, but that's, that's where people naturally go depending on how they're conditioned. Yes. Because we have, uh, it it becomes an automatic physical response, just like breathing, just like our heart beating Mm -hmm. that when certain emotions rise up, our body turns it into something Mm -hmm. for safety. Right. And that's in, in actor training. That's what we're trying to uh, kind of deconstruct and then reconstruct so that we have a little more choice. I hate to use the word control, but we have a little more mm-hmm. choice in the matter. Yeah. So, because when I start to feel afraid, it turns into tears. But that's not what the story's calling for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I when I was in Macbeth and you saw it, like there were there were obviously moments where I played like angry and outbursts and like um, and but then but then I also had to recognize that there had to moments where I had to be vulnerable and I had to like like actually like be sad and 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 cry and you know and it's just a matter of like recognizing that within you because like with this moral dilemma I I know myself and I know my first instinct would be to kill mm-hmm. the the person that that beat up my loved <coughs> one but I would have to I would have to like 
honestly shift myself into helping my loved one. Um, and, and I would like to say that I, I would do that and I would have the strength to do that, but I don't think you can ever know unless you're like in the situation. No, that's true. Yeah. Like I mm -hmm. imagine myself like throwing myself on top of the body of a loved mm -hmm. one and taking yeah. all the hits. Right. But I did want to say that I think that this, that this is why for me, my, my experience of this episode in this show, this is the, this is the thing that wins me back over to Rick's side is that we see him in such total weakness. Mm -hmm. He is so broken that he doesn't even live in this reality anymore. Yeah. And he is vulnerable. He he leaves and he leaves the gates open and then he's walking around where we know walkers exist, yeah. right? And he doesn't even recognize it anymore. We see him completely, totally weak. And that's where we find love for Rick. Yeah. You know, and I and I and it's always more interesting. I mean, just working that what is it? What's the line? Out, out, brief candle? Yeah. That's you know, we we had that conversation. That's Macbeth has a moment where he grieves his wife and then chooses to turn it into yeah. mm -hmm. power and anger and vengeance and violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Lady Mac goes mad and kills herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Internalizes it. Back to Shakespeare. <laughs> I know, yes. Back to Shakespeare. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. Can we can we make a Shakespeare cult? Where <laughs> yes. we where um we talk to Shakespeare. We claim that we, we like talk to Shakespeare and yeah. then um we like do shows and then as a director we could say like, well, Shakespeare just told me that you need to <laughs> say your line like this. Well, we'll have seances. <laughs> we'll have seances in a tent, but only a few select people. In fact, yeah, you can yeah, have yeah. a master's degree to come into the tent. Sorry oh. about that. <sighs> then those people in that tent will talk to Shakespeare, and then we'll come out and let you know how Shakespeare wants us to do his plays. Damn it. Will that work for you? Well, you could no. eventually, if you run a business and you become pretty wealthy. I just have to get on like a master's degree. We might let you into And if the I tent. pay enough money to you guys... Yeah. Then I'll... I mean, it's not about the money. It's just about the commitment. It just represents your commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Don't even get me started. <laughs> we should have a whole other episode on that. You should do a podcast on cults. I should. I send, should. Out, send out WikiLinks. Have my me. whole job be just podcasts? Just like every other white. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> every other white mediocre man. It's so... It's so... <laughs> I'm sorry it became such a I joke. started. I started this podcast at did. such a wrong time. Yeah. But like... <laughs> I am the only zombie podcast that talks about moral dilemmas, and I'm also liberal as so, so I'm a feminist, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an ally, like, yeah, but I just started at the wrong time, it's fine. Yeah, people, I'm sorry people, about that. People don't want to listen to me because they think I'm going to just be racist and homophobic and sexist, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll give you a reference. Okay, cool. You can email me. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for being on yeah, this episode that. again, Liz, um, and all right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please stay safe and stay sane. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Your Brain. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Feed Don't Your Brain. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zachy the Zombie. Also feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at feeddon'tyourbrain at gmail.com. You can also follow Fortune Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can donate to our Patreon page called Feed Don't Your Brain on Patreon. Thank you all for listening, and stay safe and stay sane.